Amen. Get out your Bibles if you have them with you. Bibles, Bible apps. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. I began last week sharing with you a new series, new teachings that we call Wheel of Fortune. Okay? Might seem like an, like an odd title. Uh, it is for me. <laughs> uh, but basically, I want you to know that God wants to be involved in your finances. And I don't say that to anyone's detriment. No one should be afraid. <laughs> I don't want God touching my stuff. <laughs> um, no, actually, you do. I mean, I think about it in, in, in these terms. If I were to go into business and I was looking for a business partner, well, what kind of partner would I want? I would, I would want someone as smart as God if I could get them. <laughs> I would want someone who thinks like he does, who's fully opposed to failure and poverty. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and so think about it. What we're endeavoring to do is partner with God when it comes to our own lives, our finances and, and, and everything that has to do with our physical lives here on the earth. It's not just our eternity in heaven, but right here and right now. And so there is no better partner than you could get. And so to think about taking his advice, God level advice concerning what we spend, what we give, how we make money, how we think about it. To have His input on everything we do can only serve to, to benefit us. Amen. And, and so one of the things that I uh, had in my heart that I shared with you last week as well is that when it comes to God's financial system, it is multifaceted. It's not all about just having one sliver of His wisdom in place, but it is about knowing the full counsel of God concerning our finances. Here's what I mean by that. Some would imply that if you want to do well financially, just give, 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 give. And I would say, hold on, hold on. Giving is a part of the, the, the financial pie, but it's not every part of it. In other words, it's possible to give, 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 and not do well. Let's say, well, that can't be. Yes, it can. Just as we go, you'll see this more and more. Uh, and that's why um, when I approached this subject, I saw it like a pie, then it turned into a wheel. And because we were fortunate to know about that wheel, um, it turned into the wheel of fortune. Last week, you remember, I shared with you about the subject of prosperity. Now, I didn't exhaust it. I'm not exhausting any of these. We're making a kind of a mini-series that hits several different points. But we saw for sure that God is not a, a cheapskate. He does not think small. He does not want you to barely get by in life. He, he wants you to do well and, and have abundance. When God supplies your need, He supplies it generously. And the end result being, it's not just that my needs are met... It's, it's that I have surplus, and I become an extension of God's generosity, okay? It works through me. And if I'm just barely making it, and I know, you know, the stats in America, as many people are, uh, just kind of living paycheck to paycheck, 
God has a bigger vision for you for your life. So it starts running over and you say, well, what should I do with this? What should I do with this? I have an extra one of these. It's like, what should I do with that? Should I keep it? Should I just use it? Should I give it away? Should I, what should I do? And, and that's the system of God's economy where things are in abundance. They overflow. Everybody okay today? And so I want to move into a second part of this series. And so it's time, once again, to spin that wheel of fortune. And so let's do it. Come on, not bankruptcy. <laughs> How many were really concerned about it landing on bankruptcy right there? <laughs> Yikes. All right, I want to share with you about faith, okay? This is not just a general faith message, though. Faith in general terms in all areas. It's very specific to our finances. But I want to start with looking at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. It's a very popular verse. But if we'll understand this, we'll know that we can't go anywhere with God without faith. He is a faith God, and that's what pleases Him. That's what this scripture says. Hebrews 11 and verse 6 reads, But without faith... It is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Okay, notice the two requirements. If you're going to have a relationship with God, you have to first believe that he is. That's kind of important. However, it's not like high level. I mean, even demons believe in him and tremble. Uh, but we must believe that He is. But secondly, another requirement, you need to know the kind of God that He is. Otherwise, you're not going to get along real well. All right, if you think He's trying to cut your feet out from under you and make your life hard, you're going to have a tough time relating to Him. He's not going to be pleased. But if you will believe this second point, that He is a rewarder for those who diligently seek Him. Now you're starting to come up to think like him. I'm going to diligently seek God all the days of my life. And the end result is I'm going to be better off. That's the way he is. He wants you to think of him that way. That he is a rewarder. Okay? But this issue of faith is essential. I cannot please him in my finances without faith. Someone said, well, what if I give all my money away? Certainly God would be pleased with that, right? No, he might say that was the dumbest thing you ever did. Unless he told you to. I mean, why would we think just that's, that great sacrifice automatically pleases him? I mean, how many know there are people in the world, uh, in fact, you know, there are people every year in the Philippines around uh, Resurrection Day, Easter time, that have themselves crucified. Not to death, but they get them down before they die. But they literally nail themselves to the cross. You'll see that in the news. Occasionally people doing that. They believe that somehow that, that pleases God. How many know it doesn't? No. That's why Jesus went to the cross so you wouldn't have to go to the cross. Okay. But people do things that are greatly sacrificial and even painful thinking that God just, well, as long, I've just given my all. That's not what he's looking for though. He's looking for faith. He's looking for those who will believe him. And so... 
um, when it comes to our finances, it's not just about if I give a big offering, the Lord will be pleased. No, if you will believe and act in, in, in accordance with that belief, that will put a smile on his face. Yeah? And, uh, amen. In other words, sometimes people have come to me and they, they say, I, I believe the Lord wants me to tithe, wants me to give, and I agree with that. I, and they say, well, I'm just afraid to. I, I spend all my money already. I don't have any extra. I'm afraid to do that. And what surprises some is that as a pastor, I don't say, well, just do it anyway. People think, well, you're the pastor of the church needs money. Just tell them to tithe. No, that's not the... I, I want to step back and look at the big picture. If you do something out of fear, that doesn't please God. I'm not, just because you write a check and you're afraid to do it and you're concerned about it, but you feel like you have to, that's the wrong heart. Everybody with me? The heart we want is faith. I say, slow down. Get your believer up to speed. Get your faith built up and strong. And then when you're ready, do it out of that place. And I'll say things like, well, you haven't been giving over the last long time anyway, so what's the big, the big deal? Heaven's not going to go broke because you wait a week. <laughs> or you wait a month. You know, and we don't preach that kind of message here where, unless you give today, the doors won't be open tomorrow. <laughs> you might come next week and there'll be a chain at the front door. <laughs> See, that's a fear-based message. And not faith. It's not motivated from a position of, uh, of God providing. And so, I encourage everyone, let's work on our hearts. Is giving a part of this circle? Of course it is. But this is a big component that we believe correctly. When I believe right, it frees me up to obey, to take bold steps in life. Uh, the person who is always afraid of lacking, afraid of losing, I can't do this, or I'm afraid I won't make it. They need a heart adjustment, not just an activity adjustment. First, we work on the inside, and, uh, and then we're ready to act. Okay. Now, understand that when we say faith, you might say, Well, Pastor, are you saying that some of us don't have faith? Well, you answer that question for yourself, but understand that you can have faith for forgiveness of sins and not have faith for your money. You can have faith for God to answer a prayer for uh, some other need or have faith for healing or something and not have faith for your money. All right. How do we give, bring our faith along in that area? Same way we do in every area. We just need to hear God's words concerning the subject. Remember Romans ten seventeen. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If I hear what he has to say about finances and about prosperity and about giving and about all these things, then my faith rises in that specific area. And so I want to hear what he has to say about it. Now, how many know when I say that, see, this brings up this idea. Uh, sometimes people are running from this message because they think, I don't want to go to a church that talks about money very much. No, that's wrong right there. You don't want to go to a church that doesn't talk about money enough. You should run from that kind of a place. Because it's not kind. It's not, it's not nice in any way. It's not helpful if we avoid the subject that we all live in every day. I mean, people are working every day and everything is about money, 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 money. You know, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. <laughs> you ever seen that bumper sticker? <laughs> uh, no, it would, it would not be uh, respectful of me as your pastor to avoid this subject. 
you know, for fear of man or fear of accusation or fear of someone's going to say that, oh, Life Church, they're all about the money over there. Well, they're stupid. I, I mean that in a nice way, but whatever. I'm saying once we understand this from God's perspective, we say, I want to hear more on this so my faith can rise, so I can personally handle these things in a right way. Right at the same time, if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God concerning whatever subject we're talking about, then if I were to hear the opposite message, that would actually harm me in finance. In other words, if someone is always um, speaking at it from a, a negative position, and every time you talk about finances, it's from a negative viewpoint and, and criticizing those who have too much in their opinion. Or always talking about um, how, ah, you see so-and-so, they spent money on this. They spend way too much money. You know, I can't believe someone would buy one of those. And, and it's all kind of negative talk and putting people down who are actually succeeding in life. I mean, you, you, you know, uh, kind of uh, how, you know, a couple of years ago, there was a lot of talk in our country and there was a big movement against what people labeled as the one percenters, you know, the super, super wealthy in our country. And, it, and it's like they're bad people. Why? Because they have a gazillion dollars that makes them bad. I'm saying for someone like myself who doesn't have that 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 kind of money, it doesn't do me any good to criticize someone who's been highly successful in that area. I'm not responsible to, to do whatever they should do with their finances. I, I've got my own life and I'm going to stay right there and I want to fill my heart with God's thoughts concerning that. So, you know, if you ever get around people and all they're always, they're always talking about, they're uh, waste over here and waste over there. This person's wasting this and I can't believe they spent that money over here. Watch out for that talk because it'll eat at your faith. All right. When Jesus ran into this in his own ministry, remember that lady, uh, that, that lady who poured the perfume on Jesus' hair and on his feet and the scripture said it was a year's wages. That's how much that perfume in the alabaster box was, was, uh, was worth. It was an expensive uh, perfuming going on right there. And you, you, you remember who, 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 who whined about it? Who spoke up? Not Jesus. Judas. Yeah? So, when I'm looking at things in life, I want to ask, am I thinking like Jesus or am I thinking like Judas? Jesus... If you don't know, Judas was the bad guy who betrayed Jesus. He was the thief stealing out of the, out of the money bag. All right, It was Judas. It was the greedy person who was saying, I can't believe you wasted your money on that. Dude, none of your business. To her, that was worship to the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. Now, um, God is our provider. That's a, that's a saying that we often use. Many Christians will say, God is our provider. Where that comes from uh, initially is in the book of Genesis. Uh, it's 22 and 14. It reads, and Abraham called the name of, that, of the place the Lord will provide, as it is said, to this day in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. That phrase there, the Lord will provide, is the Hebrew Jehovah Jireh. Okay? In other words, one of the names of God that describe His character, how He relates to us, is He has been revealed to us as a provider. Alright? The, 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 the language there, Jehovah 
and Jireh. It's interesting because it basically means Jehovah means the self-existent one. And then Jireh means see. It means to, to see. He is the self-existent one who sees. But we can, we can see how, you, how do you get the word provide from Jehovah Jireh? Provide, well think of the word provision. Provision. If you have provision, that means you have advanced preparations for whatever you're dealing with. If I'm going on a road trip, I'm going to make provision for gas, snacks, <laughs> you know, stops for eating, that kind of stuff, maybe a hotel. I'm going to plan this thing out in advance, knowing that when I get here, there are some things I'm going to need. This is the revelation of who God is to us. He is our provider or before seer. He looks down the road in advance of knowing where you will be, where I will be, and sets things up so we won't lack. We do that to a limited extent with our limited knowledge of the future. We know basically what we're planning. And we'll try to provide for ourselves. He has perfect knowledge and perfect foresight. And he is able to and has done this for every one of his kids. He has set up a plan so that you would intersect with the things that you need in life. As the provider, he made a way before we ever got there. Amen. So before I ever have the need, he had the provision for my need. My job is to believe that it's there. No matter where I am, what stage of my life, I can and ought to have an internal confidence, a conviction inwardly that says, I believe that there is provision for this part of my life. That I'm stepping into this area. God knew I would be there at this time. And he's already made arrangements. I'm going to meet the right people. There's going to be the right opportunities. There's gonna, he's, gonna, he's already spoken to other people. He's made arrangements beyond my comprehension. I cannot fully figure it out. I cannot always map it out or put it on the calculator. But I start from this provision. Uh, from this position that he has already made provision for me. If not, he wouldn't be called the provider. And I have a hard time believing for something that doesn't already exist. But when I know my God, I know how he thinks. He's not going on the road trip without filling his tank with gas. And he's not sending me on a road trip without filling my tank with gas. He has made provision for all of our lives, we can count on Him because of that. It's His very nature. Now, let's consider and think about the subject of where our provision comes from. When I say provision, in large part it's money, but it's money and housing, housing and clothing and food and, and all the things that we need. Where does it come from? The trap we fall into is making someone or something the source of our supply other than Him. And it's understandable why we do it, 
because we can calculate that. In other words, what we often do is make our job our source. I have a job, it pays me X number of dollars per week or month or year, and so that's how much I have to work with. No, it's not. What the correct way to view that is, is that's not my source, but that's one channel of God getting things to me. It might very well be provided or given or, or a blessing from God, but it is in no way the, the, the position that ev- the place that everything comes from. It's just one avenue that God can get things to me through. So, Job should not be my source. I should not say, well, I have a fixed income. I don't even get, you know, bonuses or incentives or anything. It's just fixed. Get the fix out of your head. Here's what I mean. God is bigger than that. And if you need more, it could come through a different job. It could come... I mean, there's a, there are a thousand ways it can come that we can't figure out. And we have to get to a place where we trust Him without knowing how it's going to happen. We do know that it will happen. We just don't know how it will happen. Okay? Uh, You know, other sources people attach their faith to is not only the job, because it's predictable, at least to a degree. Uh, They attach it to government. Um, I get this government check, and that becomes their source. And it also becomes their lid. Right? And, uh, uh, you know, and that... Maybe that's okay for a lot of days until, you know, parts of the government shut down or something. Or different things happen that were out of your control. What do I do now? Picket in the street? Well, I never saw Jesus holding a picket sign. But uh, against the Roman government, which was bad. But I go back to the Lord and say, now, Lord, I don't know how this is going to work, but you're my source. You know, people will make... um, Another person, their source sometimes. Uh, This wealthy person they know or someone who sends them checks. They'll make a bank account. I have this much in savings. I have this much in retirement. I have this money. And that's what I live out of. Okay? But stop. We've got to make the mental switch so we don't put our full faith and reliance on any of these natural things that we know about and get it back in God so He can supply according to what He can do. All right. Now, I almost quoted a scripture, but I want you to read it. Go, go, to, go to Philippians, if you would. Philippians chapter 4. It's just a left turn from, from there in Colossians, or Hebrews, where you were. Philippians chapter 4. It's a popular verse. If you know it, don't read it like you know it. Read it like it's new. Philippians 4.19. Paul writes here, And my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Notice who shall supply. He said, my God shall supply. Say that out loud. Say, my God shall supply. It wasn't very unified, but you know. <laughs> it's like when they make movies and they have people uh, all of a sudden all these random people who hardly know each other they do some kind of synchronized dance you ever seen that and they're all doing it it's like how do you guys do that, that you did that perfect all right 
He said, my God shall provide. When I recognize that God is the supplier, it frees me to obey him and do life his way. Okay, watch. For example, if I don't believe that as a pastor, then I can't do what we did earlier in the service and say, you can give if you want and you don't have to if you don't want to. I would, I would be asking you for money. I would say, hey, there's a need here. Everybody pull out your wallet right now and, and ante up. I would do that if, if you were the church's source. But because you're not, I can't do that. I have to say, Lord, you're the source. And if you want to work through people, you have to talk to them. That's why the only thing I can do in receiving offerings is say is you pray about it. You, you ask the Lord. And you, you work that out. I cannot, if I'm really trusting him as the source, I can't pressure anybody. Likewise, we can't do that to other people. We trust him to be our supply. Amen. Now, back to this. If I really believe that, this is where I start doing my life his way. Okay? Well, what do I mean his way? What does he want me to be involved with? What is God ordained? What's of his... Uh, or origin, and I'm thinking like seeking first his kingdom, that's what I'm supposed to do. Being in church like this, that's God's idea. Uh, being in, 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 in uh, fellowship with a body of believers, we call those life groups, all right? That's of him. Uh, serving, we call that dream team here, serving, that's of him, all right? And I'm not talking about earning his blessing, I'm just saying... If he's my source, my part of this equation is just to do what I know to do. Yeah, giving would be included in that, in that too, but it's not the answer. I'm just going to be in the right zone, in the right place. If I'll be in that place, he as the provider has already set up appointments, interactions, connections. To where, hey, I was, in the, I was in my life group and I met this person. All of a sudden, they offered me a job. Oh, I got this sale because of this. Or this relationship was established because I was here. I was at church one day. You know, we were, at, we were doing a service one, one Wednesday night a few years ago. And the Lord dealt with me to have people who had needs raise their hands if they wanted to. Financial needs. And I said, now the rest of you, go give them money if you're led to. We did. We had people coming in here, and who would ever thought? think? You walk into church, you walk out with a pile of money, but several people did. It was awesome. I think, what did that person do to get that? Well, it's something about just being about your father's business. When you're about his plan and you're in the right place, he has set up, or he has arranged appointments and connections. I'm just going to do my part and just be there. You know, we've had well, we've had people who are on our ushers team say, uh, if I if I wasn't an usher here at Life Church, I wouldn't be married anymore. And it was the connections they had, and the relationships, and the support, and these things how it influenced their life and saved their marriage. God made provision for the things they were lacking. What did they do to get it? Nothing. Just kind of was just serving, just serving God. Diligently seeking Him. 
trusting him that everything's that he's going to get to us the things that we need. I think that's the way we go forward. If we know that God is a, our provider, we can do that without fear. What am I going to do? I need to do something. Just praise God. Just come and be around us. Just, uh, I don't know, if he tells you to do something, do that. You know, be wherever he wants you to be. And, and, and don't be concerned about it from, from there. Provision has already been made for your entire life. Before you were born, God knew where you would be when you, were, when you were 20. And when you were 30. And when you were 60. And when you were 80. Now, watch. That doesn't guarantee that you get it. It just guarantees that it's there. And that's the belief side of this. I believe it's there. This is not something that doesn't exist. And I'm hung out to dry and God has never thought of this. He has thought of you with great love and great detail. He has figured things out that you could never figure out. Your faith is God's got this. Now, the other side of this is, well, I need to have it. I know God's got it, but, but I need to have it. And being in the right place means you're going to intersect it. Here's the way. This has always intrigued me that in Genesis chapter 2, there's a scripture that tells us where the gold is. You know, Genesis is the first book. 2 is the second chapter. That's kind of early on in this. Early on in this, we get revelation where the gold is. It's, It's a... Genesis 2.11 talks about the rivers, where they go, and it says, where there is gold. And so basically God's saying, by the way guys, I like gold. He has it in heaven in abundance, uses it, uses it, as, uses it as asphalt. He likes gold, and he put it in the earth, provision, because women like to wear it and stuff. And men like gold too. Uh, but then what did he do? He told them where it was. That's all I need in life. I'm going to be busy about my father's business. I'm going to be serving him the best I know how. And I'm going to trust him to show me where the gold is. In other words, he's made provision for my life. I just need to know where it is. And as I go through life, I'm going to meet this person and connect over here. And things are going to happen. And it's basically him showing me where it is. So I can go over there and get it. I still have to go over there and get it. But at least I know where it is. Everybody okay? Psalm 8411 reads, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from those who walk uprightly. What's my walking uprightly? Well, I'm not to neglect the assembly of the believers together walk uprightly i'm going to just do what i know to do it's not earning it i'm just going to be in the right place when i'm serving when i'm giving i'm doing the things that i know to do and i know that god is going to withhold no good thing from me i am not going to lack i'm not going to do without okay now let me finish with this this is real important we're talking about faith for finances One of the great hindrances that people have, they may give, they may pray, they may do some things really well, but then they curse their finances with their mouth. James said it this way. In James 3, he said, out of your mouth comes blessings and cursings. 
he said, this, these things ought not to be so. In other words, we might pray, pray a good prayer. We might say some good things in faith. And then something goes wrong or we go back to our trained way of speaking negatively about our own finances. That is a sure way to disagree with God. He's not giving you a negative word. Stop saying I can't afford it. Knock it off. You can't. I thought God was your source. You know, don't say things like, uh, you know, I just, I just can't seem to ever get ahead. I'm always down to the wire, just barely paying the bills and barely making. Quit it. That's a, that's a curse coming out your mouth. Switch it to a blessing. And say, I can afford anything. I, God's my source. I'll get everything I need and I want at the right time. He's my provider. It's all coming in. I live in the surplus. I live in the overflow. Not I can't ever get ahead. Or, you know, uh, everything I buy seems to break down. Man, I can't. Why am I always buying a lemon? Well, why don't you change what you say? And stop cursing your cars. Stop cursing your appliances. Amen. Say, God's my source and He gives me the wisdom to buy the right thing at the right place at the right time. The money to do it. The wisdom to do the right thing. And we start speaking in ways that are, that are positive. You know, people will say things like, I'm just not very good, at, good with money. Well, how long have you been saying that? Start saying the opposite. I have the wisdom of God in me concerning money. So do I? Well, why don't you pray and ask Him for it if you don't? And then say, now I've got God's wisdom. And I make wise financial choices. I, I, I make wise purchases. I know, I know how to handle money and I handle it well. Don't curse your finances. Poverty is a curse. The enemy wants you to have trash in your mouth concerning your money and your stuff. Curse your house and you curse your car and... Come praise the Lord. Thank you. <laughs> and we say, you know, be thankful for everything you have. Oh, thank you, Lord, for my stuff and my job. And thank you for my family. And thank you for my motorcycle. And thank you for everything I have. And then go out and curse it. That's what James is saying. That not ought to be the way you speak. Keep your focus on His provision. Don't make excuses for lack and call it good stewardship. You got poverty mentality and afraid to throw the last tiny bit of ketchup out. You're going to let that sit upside down for two weeks, then put water in there. We don't want to waste. Seriously, 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 that's not how God thinks. Believe Him for a new bottle. That's not. That's not stewardship. That's poor thinking. Well, I didn't have the opportunities that some people have. Well, you might be right about that. But are we going to get stuck? Are we going to make that our excuse and limitation? I, I didn't get the education. I, I, I wish I would have gone to school. I, I need edu- education. Well, if you really do need it, and if that's right for your life, who says you can't still get it? And maybe that would be an avenue by which God blesses you going forward. But if not, that's not the answer. 
for financial blessing in people's lives, just an education. There are people who are highly educated, who have degree after degree after degree and struggle financially. So don't make that the source or that the answer. God will lead you in the way you should go. Amen. Let's get in faith and stay in faith regarding this. Let me give you one more verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Put it up here. And, and since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Amen. Say it out loud with me. Say, God's my source. He's my supply. I put all my trust in Him. In Him I do rely. He meets my need. He exceeds the need. I don't have to know how. I don't have to know when. But I trust Him to provide every need. Amen. Father, thank you.